Welcome to Pharmacy View, technology and pharmacy business podcast series, where we provide regular interviews with pharmacists and key industry people within the Australian pharmacy and associated industry. In each podcast, we look to discuss aspects of pharmacy operation and how technology is improving or interacting with each guest's current role or pharmacy-related business. I'm your host, Scott Carpenter, and today's guest is sponsored by Shopfront Solutions, leading the way in digital marketing and communications providing a cloud-based platform for pharmacies to manage all of their digital messaging and print-based collateral. For more information on the Shopfront Solutions digital platform, simply go to the website at shopfrontsolutions.com.au. I'm talking again today with Tim Shelton, pharmacist from Gippsland in East Victoria. Welcome, Tim. Thank you, Scott. It's great to be here again. Always a pleasure. Now, for anyone that hasn't listened to your first podcast, which was episode two last year in what I call the year of the COVID, just a brief intro of you before we talk about your current passion and workplace. All right, Scott. Well, hopefully 2021 won't be the year of the COVID. We've been shaping up a bit choppy so far. But my background is a retail pharmacist, about 25 years as a community pharmacist down here in Victoria. Actually, I've also worked in Queensland and New South Wales. About two years ago, I made the switch to e-commerce and I've really, really enjoyed it. In fact, I've gone uh, full-time into e-commerce nowadays and uh, heading up an agency called Machete.Systems that uh, takes Australian and New Zealand brands across from their current position onto Amazon and help them dominate their own niches on Amazon. So that's what we're doing now and I'm loving it. Yeah, fantastic. And again, I've been watching your uh, social media with interest and hence why I was keen to have another chat with you. I guess today to put a bit of focus from a pharmacy and technology point of view, In the last six to 12 months, quite a few pharmacies made the move, either by choice or forced to an e-commerce platform. And in actual fact, uh, one of the platforms that have been uh, fairly uh, active in the Australian market is a group that I'm going to chat with tomorrow morning on a separate podcast and we'll release in a couple of weeks' time. But that's a New Zealand-based e-commerce platform, but we'll leave that one for there. I guess the question for you today is... Was the forced or, or decision move to an e-commerce platform for pharmacies good for them or was it, uh, you know, was there problems with the way they did it? So it's been a mixed bag. A lot of pharmacies are reporting the click and collect hasn't moved the needle all that much and perhaps that has not been the, the groundbreak, groundbreaking uh, initiative that they thought it was. And other pharmacies are doing it really well and are doing significant business. So I think it's a mixed bag and it depends a lot on your execution. It's one thing to put up a website or get yourself noticed on Google. It's another thing to then maximize that traffic and do something with it and turn it into commercial dollars. And I think you'll probably agree that pharmacies occupy a wide range of uh, skill sets when it comes to turning that traffic into dollars. So hard to answer that question, Scott, but it depends on who you talk to. No, look, I agree. And again, the, the pharmacists and pharmacy businesses that I've interacted with in the last couple of months and even through Christmas, to me, uh, one of the critical measures being is that you must have someone in the pharmacy that almost has it as a first priority. It's I think quite a few pharmacies would be the first to jump, you know, the minute a, a customer walks towards the, the front of the shop or the front of the dispensary, you know, it's, it's important that that customer gets recognition. If you don't have that same mindset from the e-commerce point of view, then there's certainly some damage could be done. So that would be my main feedback from there. Yeah, well, I can tell you, obviously, we operate inside the Amazon ecosystem, but if that's representative of general e-commerce, on Amazon, you have a seller feedback section where the customer is able to give feedback, much like they do on Google and much like they do on all shopping platforms nowadays. 
but on Amazon, they have this seller feedback section and reading through some of the reviews that customers have posted about their online experience with some of these online pharmacies has, um, it's, look, it's left a lot to be desired and some of these reviews are quite damning. And yes. it shows what you're alluding to in that some pharmacies, I think, see an e-commerce customer as a second-class citizen compared to someone walking in the door. And yeah. I think we need to drop that. An e-commerce customer is every bit as much a valuable customer now as as someone who's inside the pharmacy and potentially going forward even more valuable because you can reach them in so many new ways. And not only if they've made the move to shopping on the e-commerce platform with uh, you or a pharmacist or, or a business, rest assured that they're also communicating through social media as well. So uh, that's, that's, that's the big danger is that, yeah. uh, you know, you and Australians by and large are not what I call review crazy. So it takes a lot to uh, move an Australian to write a review, either positive or negative. Yes. So if you can take these negative reviews that I'm reading on Amazon about some of these vendors, then you can only imagine there must be a great large number of them that haven't bothered to review their negative experience too. Yeah. And again, and therefore, if, if it hasn't been a, an you know, exceptional experience online, then you probably don't go back into that environment. No. Yeah. No loyalty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's and, and again, I'm, I'm reminded of a, a podcast chat I had with Aaron D'Souza from Guildlink. And one of the things he forced home was, you know, when was the last time you Googled your business name? Mm, mm, and because if, mm. if you haven't done that uh, from our last podcast, certainly do it today. Just go onto Google, type yep. in your business name and see what people are seeing because there might be some things there that you don't really realise. Hopefully good, but, yeah. but a couple that might need some uh, strategy changes. Yeah, and that's what, what pharmacy owners have got to realise is reviews on social media platforms, on Amazon, on eBay, all the, the, these, and even your own websites and Google websites, these reviews are permanent. And, public, yes. and good luck getting them changed. There is almost no mechanism for the business owner to get anything changed. And so if, if you fall afoul of a couple of e-commerce customers, they can trash your business overnight and really yeah. hand the business to your competitor around the corner. Yeah, whether it be click and collect or whether it be direct e-commerce sales, you've really got to guard that social media presence and that online reputation with, uh, with quite a lot of jealousy. Yeah, and look, a couple that I've seen myself, I, you know, I'm not saying this would be a correct strategy, but maybe the only other one is to uh, get as many positive uh, reviews and feedbacks going up there to counter the uh, the negative ones. Well, sorry, learn from whatever's happened is wrong, yeah. get it corrected, but to counter, you know, you, you would almost need 10 positive feedbacks to counter one negative as an idea. As far as perception goes, definitely. And it goes back to what you originally said, Scott, if your pharmacy or your operation doesn't dedicate personnel to this emerging and exploding marketplace, you're just going to repeat the mistakes of the past. You're just going to keep getting those one-star reviews and you're going to keep getting that negative referral pathway. So it's absolutely critical that you read the reviews, treat them seriously, have a look at what the individual complaint was about, reach out to that customer and all of these platforms provide a mechanism for you to reach out and publicly respond to the review and uh, carefully craft that response because you can make yes. things worse if you aggravate <laughs> but I've seen that Scott I've seen online arguments happening between pharmacies oh. and their customers and, yes. uh, and you're just reading it with shaking your head going oh my goodness yeah, do yeah. they realise we're all reading this <laughs> we, we're, we're all watching this yeah. Yeah. yeah so Tim I guess a little bit of research and, and some of the things that I've been following with Machete Systems over the last couple of months there was a really good uh, article or, or post a, a little while ago about case studies and data gathering how does mm. that work so look, we use that inside our own business and I encourage anyone who's in business to consider case studies and data gathering really, really carefully. Um, and what that means is, if let's say you're a pharmacy owner and you were trying to pitch for, say, a new commercial client, whether it be a, a nursing home or a commercial facility for, I don't know, maybe vaccinations or something like that. 
Um, you'd be well prepared if you were to get some case studies together of what you've done for other people beforehand. In other words, show them some real life examples of how you've been able to start at a, at a certain situation, resolve the problems and move that other business forward to a, to a better resolution. If you can show that to them in a case study, it's going to make your pitch for new business go so much more smoothly. And of course, tied to all of that is the data gathering. It's, it's really, really pointless working in an online world if you can't point to data about how you've made a difference. And so the two go hand in hand. But yeah, we, we encourage anyone who's involved in e-commerce and who's involved in online sales of any kind to, to collect those case studies. And it directly ties into bricks and mortar stores as well, because you know everyone wants new business and best way to do it is to, to provide those case studies. So, yeah, and look, I can give you a live example of that at the moment. So the IT company, I did a little bit of consult work to, we're, we're pitching for some new business. And yeah. as you'd appreciate with IT tech platforms, some of them are, you know, on the design table, cutting edge. And, you know, the first thing that our customers have asked for is, well, you know, can you give us a case study? Can you give us a live example? And yeah. we've actually had to change our pitch. We've, we're now working on a case study you know, as best as we would see it. But in some instances, we're pitching to businesses to almost come on as the partner program. For, for this platform. So uh, it's a completely different world, probably no different to the corporate and the, and the high-tech sales world. But if you apply that back to, a, as you said, a pharmacy business, you know, if there's an opportunity out there for your business, it's, it's one thing to have a great idea. It's two things to actually find, the, the second thing to find the, the customers that are, you know, potentially could be interested in it. But it's uh, a significant challenge to actually be able to present, I guess, to the level that they're looking at. So... It goes back to the full circle of your, the, your initial comments, and that is the well, what's known as the net promoter score, me meaning that if you're managing your online presence, con conducting good business online and, and both bricks and mortar and online, and getting a good referral pathway, then your case studies are going to be glowing, and your your current customers are going to be a great source of referral for your potentially new customers. So you can't look after one area of your business without. With, while ignoring another area and hope the two don't connect. They just simply will in today's connected world. Well, yeah. So with the case study side of things, you would encourage, I guess, communication from the pharmacy to the existing clients and say, hey, look, I've got this opportunity for a new business. Is it okay if I use you as a reference to, to help with that? Or does that sometimes create its own problems? Uh, no, no, definitely encourage that, particularly if you target the clients you speak to. I wouldn't obviously target a client who you might be nervous about what they'd say. But no, definitely we, inside our own business now, Scott, we'll, um, we'll approach a client who we know is having a particularly lovely time and uh, ask them to be a subject of a case study so that we might present to, to a future client. And, and that's worked really well. And, and certainly, you know, I think it's absolutely something that a pharmacy can do and that's going to approach your current happy customers and, and get them to be social. Yeah. So I guess in pulling together a case study and then pharmacists have been to college for a few years, studied, I'm sure I had to write a few reports and documents. Is this something they call back on or is this something they actually go out and find someone to help them with? I don't know. It depends on the client you're trying to pitch, of course. We tend to pitch to larger brands, FMCG brands, and, and they do expect professionally done case studies. But if you are pitching to a nursing home or if you are pitching to, say, a corporate client for a vaccination schedule or you know some other corporate, maybe it might be a bandages and support aids kind of new client you might be trying to win, they would potentially prefer you to shoot from the heart. In other words, you know, be honest and real and transparent and not hiding behind fancy corporate documents. So it's certainly something you could do all by yourself, but you know, depending on the size of the client, you might want to go and get some external help. 
But what we do is often we'll just Google search some great case studies and just have a look at what other people are doing and you could potentially uh, pick up some great ideas there too. From there, some, some great templates online. Absolutely. So, <laughs> that's cool. Google answers so, everything. <laughs> that's, that's it. Yeah. So, um, and I guess along with the case studies is, is the data gathering. So, mm. again, it mightn't be something that a pharmacist or a pharmacy team does on a regular basis, but if you're going to chase some business somewhere, it's kind of good to know what the opportunity is out there in some sense. Well, for sure. And you need, and, and that's, there's two edges to data gathering. There's the data gathering of the potential client you're trying to win with the case study. And there's the data gathering of the differences and the moving of the needle that you've been able to achieve to date with your current clients. And it just uh, astounds me. Uh, like you said, a lot of businesses don't even do an, a Google search on themselves. And uh, they also don't measure and record some of the initiatives that they've been using. So quite a lot of you know, businesses will run an online initiative, then fail to record any of the data. And it just seems like a waste of time and effort to me. I think they should, um, they should really change that behavior. Behavior. So I guess a good example of that would be loyalty platforms that have been around for a while. You know, yeah, we know it, yep. <laughs> they're technology-based. Mm. They're great at capturing customer data. They, mm. they can tell you all sorts of wonderful things. But mm. I know group or brand marketing departments will use it particularly in terms of marketing a specific product to a specific clientele, but but pharmacies don't often realise that that information is there within their own system, isn't it? Oh, it's terrible. I, I've seen pharmacies do it really, really well. I've particularly thinking of some North Queensland pharmacies in my previous network that uh, were just just amazing at how they connected with their loyalty program and how they kept them up to date with social and uh, online presence. And, you know, they'd, they'd launch a, a new range or they'd do a, a publish uh, a post or some sort of initiative that the store was running, whether it be in-store or online. And, you know, they get 700 or 800 reaches with that across their database. And, and other pharmacies just ignore it completely, pay all this money every month to a loyalty fee and do nothing with the data. So it's, it's crazy. Yeah, crazy. So with, I guess within the pharmacy, from your experience, is, is there other avenues for data that, that they could be looking at? As far as uh, data collection? Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah. well, we've mentioned your loyalty card. There's a, there's a host of data that comes through with every transaction and, and keeping in mind those loyalty cards should work online and offline. So if they're doing click and collect sales, that, that data should yes. be captured. If you're part of a marketing group, say with your Amcal or Terry White or Terry White Chemmart or one of those uh, larger groups, uh, there's a whole bunch of data that those groups have that you should be tapping into as far as what your demographics are saying. And there's nothing stopping pharmacy owners from just asking their current customers. Design a one-page survey, give away a $100 voucher to something and get 100 respondents in store or online to just fill out the five uh, questions on the survey. You'll quickly get an idea of what your customers are saying about you and, and who you could probably refer to for further case studies and things. Yeah, and I was going to say, I guess from the the, the second point of view, it's uh, quite easy these days. You know, most pharmacies run some kind of a social media, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, mm. and there's there's not that difficult to, to create a poll, I guess, on on those mediums as well to get some feedback. Super easy, and if and again, getting back to uh, what you said before, you really need to dedicate someone to learn this stuff. A thousand yeah. on, online courses to learn how to create a poll on Facebook or whatever social is your platform. Yeah, you're just leaving yourself. I mean, when you consider last year that online sales in Australia you know, grew by well over 20%, whereas bricks and mortar sales grew by 3%, it's behest upon business owners in Australia to make sure that they're putting in just as much, if not more, effort into developing their online capabilities as they do in their in-store capabilities. And yet, cool. the reverse is probably true. They do true. way less. 
Yeah. And look, Tim, if I can just digress a little bit for a second. I've got a Instagram page set up for this podcast, mm. uh, pharmacy.view. And one of the things that I've taken a lot of time to do is actually go out and follow as many pharmacy businesses in Australia as I can. And I think I'm up to about two and a half thousand. Wow. But what's really intriguing is that whenever I log into that particular plat- Instagram account, there's one particular brand in Australia that is very, very active. You often see, it's almost like the brand creates some templates for the team and then they localize it. So I'm seeing the same style of ad, but I'm seeing pictures taken with the team in that pharmacy. And and if there's one, there's 20 kind yeah. of thing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so they're being very active mm. within that pharmacy brand group to, to make sure that they're really harnessing in their local community activity from their uh, Instagram accounts. Well, it's so much easier to build a brand nowadays than what it used to be. In, in some respects, it's harder because there's a lot more noise out there. But now with online capabilities, with activity like what you're describing, if your competition is asleep at the wheel, you can easily go out and build your local brand for your pharmacy or your, your offering using you know, far-reaching tools like Insta and like Facebook. And it's, for those that know, the opportunities are huge. Yeah. Yeah. And I should clarify, you know, when we talk about pharmacy brands without naming them, mm. there's some very active big brands out there, but this one in particular is probably not the one that everyone's now thinking that it is. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was, wasn't the one I expected it to be the most active and they're mm. actually, I think, doing it quite well yep. for their target audience. Oh, so. Yeah, no, I, I'm starting to see some really impressive capabilities across pharmacy space. And I think we've been a little bit late to the, to the party, to the digital party. And I think pharmacy is, you know, still an industry that uses faxes, for goodness sakes. <laughs> but, uh, but nonetheless, I think the pharmacy owners and the pharmacy workers and the pharmacy brands out there in the industry itself is realising that there are customers trying to find them online and we need, yes. we need to meet them there for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. And Tim, I think that leads nicely then into the, the next, I guess, discussion point, and that was that you know, brand building and, and outreach strategies. What are your views on this? Well, I mean, I can particularly talk, pardon me for going back to Amazon, but that's where my expertise is. And you know, brand building is the same for any any business owner. It's the same activity. It's about making a tribe, if you like, of, of people that love everything you do, are excited about what you do, and are very happy to promote you to all and sundry. So whether that happens on Amazon or happens in your local community or whether it happens online in your local community, it's really effectively the same activity. And a lot of pharmacy owners are starting to embrace that. And I know in my local area, some of the pharmacies are and they're doing a great job. But effectively, what needs to happen, say, for instance, and just to digress for the brands that we work for, they need to build a brand on Amazon. And so their brand is already well known outside of Amazon. But on Amazon, you know, there's so much activity that they can undertake when it comes to supporting their Amazon presence with Facebook and Instagram and and also on their own e-commerce platforms. The the four platforms all tie in very strongly and it it really works best when the brand is consistent across all four channels or there's more than four channels, but those main four ones. And so taking that back to pharmacy now, I would say the same thing. Look at your Insta presence, look at your Google presence, look at your Facebook presence and really try and build out your own local store brand. Now, you may be called Amcal. XYZ or, or Terry White Kenmart XYZ, but to the consumer, that's, in, that's going to end up meaning something to their local area and as, yes, as far as, yep. as building that brand of that store. And I think it's something that's an opportunity that a lot of people aren't taking advantage of. 
job. And again, if I go back to this example I was referring to before, using your local team. So the faces of the people that you see when you walk into the pharmacy Mm -hmm. are now got this presence linked to the business online as well. Absolutely. And, And that's what builds the brand is the people feel connected to the brand. In other words, it's not just some global brand that where you're just a number, they feel like they're part of the tribe. And if you create that tribe atmosphere, then you're going to do really, really, really well online. Just a little anecdote, a friend of mine, uh, another Amazon uh, expert who built a brand of colouring pencils, really not that, and he's not a colouring in sort of a guy, but he's built this this magnificent brand and his engagement and his uh, outreach is so powerful now that when he launches a new range on Amazon and he only sells on Amazon, uh, you know, he'll get hundreds and hundreds of people responding and commenting and talking about how great it's going to be and you know, he can't fabricate this sort of stuff. You've just got to build it over time. And uh, his, his brand's worth millions of dollars now, and he's built that from his garage. Yeah, from inside. And I think we – sorry, I don't think we, – we discussed this last time from an individual pharmacy point of view. Mm-hmm. It's not potentially viable for an individual pharmacy to try and promote their brand through Amazon. But if a pharmacist business wanted to specialise in a particular product or area, that's where they'd, they'd come and talk to you, isn't oh, it? Oh, absolutely, yeah. It's, it's, there's no point getting involved in the sort of the grocery kind of offer where you just – put up all your products on Amazon, unless you've got some competitive pricing advantage, you're just going to race to the bottom with everybody else. But if you own a brand or a niche, or if you have an idea for a brand or a niche, and that's where Amazon can really be a, a source of really cheap traffic for you. So you can, you can uh, for very, very low cost, you can get your brand out onto Amazon in front of hundreds and thousands of customers. And keeping in mind, Amazon reached a billion dollars in sales in Australia last year. So that's 100% growth on the year before. So it's quite, yeah. it's quite significant. Yeah. You know, that's where pharmacy owners who are sitting there listening to this could say, well, if I've got access to a niche or a brand or something that I've got tight control over, that's where Amazon could really work for them. Because it's so much easier than doing a, a website where websites are great, but how do you get traffic to them? How do you, how do you get people to yeah. find you? And, and that's where Amazon can be really helpful. From that perspective. So again, if you're an individual pharmacy business or even a large pharmacy brand, this mm. this isn't the platform. Amazon's not the platform to be your, your e-commerce platform. Mm. This uh, is, uh, you know, the a couple of hundred entrepreneurial pharmacists out there that I've come across in my uh, 20 plus years career that have you know created their own niche product or their own niche range. Yep. And uh, you know where we might have seen it in one original pharmacy you know, then expanded out across a bit of a network of pharmacies. You're saying these days the, the, the place to be would be just to take that straight online. Definitely. You're going to reach, well, for starters, it's a bit like, well, I always give the analogy that if you were to start a market stall, local farmer's market, you could potentially hope to reach a couple of hundred people on a Saturday morning. But if you yep. started an Amazon stall, as it were, you're immediately exposed to about 24 million people. Overnight. <laughs> okay. So yeah. You, yeah. Like, you don't have to be too smart to figure out where you're going to get a bigger bang for your buck. Yeah. So your, your bigger challenge on the second option might be um, you know, producing enough stock to, to meet demand. Absolutely. And that, and that's that's a very real problem and should not be underestimated uh, if we're currently working with a brand in the States and they're desperately running out of stock, which is at risk of undoing some of the good work we've been doing because when you run out of stock, of course, the, the all the momentum stops. And so, yeah, you've got to, you've got to factor in those success problems as well as the uh, other problems. Yeah. And, and Tim, on that too, I, I remember from our last discussion that you had been working with a couple of um, pharmacy brand names here in Australia. Is, is that still happening? Are you, are you still getting work from that perspective? Not pharmacy brands, as in pharmacy product brands. Yes, exactly. So pro- probably about 70% of our client base 
is in the pharmacy space at the moment. And that's probably a result of my personal network, just, you know, talking yep. to people. You know, we are actively recruiting brands outside pharmacies. So uh, anyone's listening, please give me a call. <laughs> but no, no. And, yeah, and we'll, and we'll have your link attached yes. in the notes as well. So. I'm just joking. I'm happy to help pharmacy brands, uh, but uh, we, we that's, yes. Yeah. Currently, it's a lot of our specialty. And I guess it makes sense because I understand health, I understand the rules, I understand TGA. And so we are a bit of a health specialist. But yeah, so that's to answer your question. Yes. From that perspective. Yeah. yeah. And Tim, the, the last point we had down for today, and, and we probably should link this back to the, the loyalty discussion, but mm. CRM systems, customer relation management systems yep. are pretty important these days, aren't they? Yeah. Well, like I think when you mention CRM, you can't really sort of, again, operate it in a silo. They are so so crucial to tie into your social presence, so crucial to tie into your bricks and mortar presence. If you don't run a CRM currently, you know, it's really high time you did because when it comes to marketing digitally, if you don't have a CRM set up, you are not able to connect with your customers easily. It becomes a very manual and almost impossible task. So every business should be investing in a way to track who their customers are, what they're saying, what their contact details are, what their email addresses are and everything. So that, you know, when it comes time to marketing to these people, you need to be able to track outreach, going back to that word, and you also need to be able to track inreach. In other words, when a customer contacts you, don't mess up with that communication. Don't let it sit there on your Facebook page for three days before someone notices it. It just doesn't look, it doesn't look good. And you'll end up with some bad reviews. And as I said before, they are permanent and public. So definitely invest in a CRM, learn how to use it. And again, get someone on it who is looking at it. If not, uh, and look, pharmacies are already using it to some degree. If you think about the scripts on file and the SMS programs and the Yep. You know, the one program, it's basically a form of CRM right there. And there's so much more you could be doing with those platforms. But, you know, we we would look very bad if someone sent in a, a request to make up their prescriptions on um, a meds advisor or something. And then uh, we waited three days before we responded to that. So, you know, that, as a hyperbole, you wouldn't do that. So don't do no, it anywhere else. No. Yeah. And if I can give you, this is probably a very old example and I might be showing my age and not necessarily yours, but I think you'll remember this. You know, if you're a pharmacy that used to... Uh, range and sell Prestige Cosmetics, mm. your, uh, your cosmetics consultant yep. had a client card file. Absolutely, they did. Yeah, I am old enough yeah. to remember that. So, <laughs> so, so thanks for dragging me into that one. <laughs> I thought so, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, um, uh, but they were on cards and files. I can let you know the yeah. technology's moved on a little bit. We do have databases now. So. Yeah. And, um, but, but again, if you, if you go back to that example, you know, what was it that that consultant used to do yeah. if there was ever a new product launch, if there yeah. was ever a special for the month, yeah. Yeah. You know, each of the people on that client card would actually get well i guess it was a call in those days and then eventually it might have been an email but it was definitely a call it was definitely a call and and you know they used to run the well they probably still do run the uh, vip nights you'd run them in november or something and and where do you get the list from to invite people to vip it's from your database management so your crm and uh, i I just think it's overlooked we're all busy we're smashing out scripts and trying to keep ahead of everything and COVID and whatnot but we do need to invest in time to manage this relationship and look, I've made a note, and if, if there's any businesses out there, tech businesses out there that are involved in a CRM system, I'll, mm. I'll uh, be keen to have a chat with someone around CRMs in a future podcast episode for sure. So, Absolutely. And they range in prices. You get your, your super, super expensive ones yeah. and that do amazing things. And, you know, and then you get your ones that, you know, they're 30 bucks a month on subscription. So, you know, it's no, it's yeah. no excuse for a cost. You can do it can do it from that perspective. So Tim, we're coming to the end of our time, but again, as always, I want to give you the opportunity. Is there anything else on your mind that we can cover today or chat about today? 
Oh, look, no, I think it's been a great chat. I, um, As I said, I really enjoy working in the digital space. It's somewhere that's uh, constantly changing and constantly interesting. And if any pharmacy owners are out there that uh, even though we probably, you know, their ideal um, pathway for promoting their brand, if they just want general advice on Amazon or, or uh, e-commerce, you know, just feel free to link to me and I'm more than happy to try and help. Have a chat. If I can't help, I'll refer you through to someone who I think can. So, can. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm. That's great, Tim. And again, thanks for the chat today. I always appreciate it and I look forward to staying in touch. It has been a pleasure, Scott, and we'll uh, definitely keep in touch. Thanks. Thank you for listening today. Pharmacy View is a technology-focused podcast provided by Melbourne-based business Arian Technologies and Shopfront Solutions. Over the podcast series, our guests include pharmacists, retail managers, wholesalers, suppliers, and industry technology partners. If you would like further information on our podcast series, or to participate in one of our episodes, feel free to send me a message or touch base through the Pharmacy View website, pharmacyview.com.au.